to the Anxious in Austin podcast. I am Dr. Marianne Stout, my esteemed colleague. Dr. Thomas Bithman, thanks for listening to us. Yes, we're here at the Anxiety Treatment Center of Austin, recording another fun podcast about Mm -hmm. all things psychology. Yep. Um, On Boxing Day. Yes. Happy Boxing Day. Happy Boxing Day, everybody. (laughs) For your big Boxing Day celebrations. Um, Thomas wanted to talk about expressive writing today. So again, this is one that I was saying makes me super nervous. Yeah. <laughs> Less so than probiotics. Oh, that's interesting. Huh. At least this is in like, you know, more the psych realm okay. than the like biology realm. Yeah. So I feel like this isn't as intimidating reading this research. Sure. Um, but it's definitely not something I know tons about. Yeah. But kind of cool, right? To Super go, cool. you know, it's something you knew about. It's yes. just, just now you got to do some more research some of the on it. Background and benefits. And I, of it. I personally like us doing this. Yes. This more challenging stuff because I agree. It's fun for us to discover it and you know mm-hmm. research it more. And I don't know. That's yes. To me, that's the whole point of us doing this. Yeah, stretching yeah. your brain a little, going a little bit out of your comfort zone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Learning something new. It's like you're a grad student. Yeah, right. Which, which is what what keeps it interesting and exciting. This. Mm-hmm. Getting to know a little more. Yeah. And, you know, having a reason to do a bunch of research. Yes. Yeah. And the fact that the kind of dude who came up with expressive writing mm-hmm. was at the University of Texas. Ah, okay. Yep. Where Just down the road. Down the road, where I went to graduate school. Mm-hmm. You did your internship. I had my internship there, yeah. Um, so it's kind of did, fun. We didn't hang out much, Penna Baker and I. You did? No, so I, I you didn't grab lunch. It's a pretty big coffee. It's a pretty big school, so <laughs> I just happened to have probably walked in the same area in this heat. Well, walked, but that's about the it. It's about the Texas building is next to the psychology building, so I didn't even know that. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> you really breathe the same air. Maybe I walked past him you on, probably, on, on one of the yeah, bus. Yeah. Him. <laughs> um, so he was getting in his limo. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> All those professors and all the money likes the celebrities, <laughs> psychology celebrities. Yes, um, yes, that's wow. I never think of psychology celebrities. Think of yeah, like you're in back driving around in a chauffeur limo. Mm. Did you ever meet him or have classes with him or anything? No. At school? No. Mm-mm. Okay. I did not, but I knew about his research yeah, back uh-huh. then, and people would talk about it. But mm-hmm. no, I didn't. Um, so Penny Baker did this research, basically yeah. looking at expressive writing of mm-hmm. having people talk about or write about very emotionally charged stuff um, for, in his original study I think it was 15 minutes or 20 minutes a day for yeah, four okay. days the, the, four they're all sort of 15 to 20 yes yeah, in, in, and some say three days some day five, say five days in a row yeah I think his was four <clears throat> mm-hmm. and they compared that to writing about like the room around them was the control. Uh-huh, and so a real neutral. Yes, very neutral, kind so, of fact-based. So, so you're writing, but you're not doing expressive, emotional. Yes. Right. Yeah. And then they found all of these benefits for the people who had written about the more emotionally charged mm-hmm. stuff, and some actually pretty surprising benefits, like uh, medical benefits, like that they people who had done the expressive writing were less likely to use. Um, health services mm-hmm. like six months out things like yeah. that so surprising that it would be like helpful medically for you as well um, so it seems like a really 
easy thing to... I think that's a large part of the appeal, right? Right, have yeah. people do this, that go write about something very emotionally charged yeah. for four days in a row, I, I can't even, minutes. It's only four days mm -hmm. and 15 minutes, and it just involves writing. Yes. It's very easy. Yes, you know? so some, almost seems a little too good to be true, mm -hmm. but I think some of it, in looking at the different research, that, like, you feel worse immediately afterwards is a big yeah, piece of it. Hard uh -huh. to get people to do this, right? Like, go do this thing. It's sort of like exposure in the sense of, like, go do sure this is. thing that makes you feel a lot yeah. worse in the short term. Yeah, it's a thing you don't like thinking about. It's getting you upset. You want to distract yourself and watch Netflix instead. Mm -hmm. Do the opposite of that. Mm -hmm. go, Lean in. go get into it, write about it. I mean, because the emotional... I think that's a key of this, right? Is it's, the, it's not just writing about the some event or some of what you're feeling it's like you need to actually get into it and say this is what I'm going through this this is how it affects me this is the impact mm -hmm. turn on your limbic system yeah you gotta engage it so mm -hmm. even though it sounds like oh just write about it it's not like yeah so I think that's a hard part yeah. too of like keeping clinically speaking like keeping people doing this for four days in a row mm -hmm. something that feels pretty crappy yeah um, and saying like trust me short-term pain for long-term gain this is going to be yeah. helpful yeah and I know they, they did um, some of the stuff I came across when I was looking into it was um, where they I, I think measuring that the physiological um, markers during the process so I think some of them were like the three day ones they sort of do it for three to 15 minutes three days in a row but they hook them up to so they'd be monitoring like blood pressure a cortisol level as well, I think. Um, and what else? Blood pressure. Skin conductivity? That's a common May one. Maybe, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's like in, in that kind of realm of a heart rate. Yeah. Heart rate. Sympathetic and nervous system response. Totally. So what they'd be showing is, um, they showed, they'd come in and measure the baseline, and they would find, yeah, that first session, it would go up. Mm-hmm. And yes, yeah, so your fight or flight is on. Yep, go up because you'd be facing all this emotional stuff that you're trying to avoid because it doesn't feel good. Um, but then by the third time going through it, by the third session of this, um, it will have come down. And a lot of cases, I think, especially in blood pressure, it the blood pressure came down below the baseline, so it ended up lower than where it was before the whole thing started. Mm-hmm. To the idea of like keep going even though it's difficult like yep you need to yep, finish it out yep go through it and and so i think the other measures too are showing this went up and then it comes down so similar to exposure funny right yeah it's almost like that's a piece of what's going on yeah. here is exposure it comes up and then it goes in although mm -hmm. when it's reading into the research on this that it, in the you know successive writing about it mm -hmm. it doesn't have to be the same traumatic experience yeah. that you're writing about so, yeah, to so still get the benefit. So a little what's different. What's the story there? I don't know, but um, a little different than just like thinking of it as like we do imaginal exposure, right? Where we'll, we'll have somebody write out loud yeah. or say out loud while they're imagining some anxiety-provoking mm -hmm. situation, and we'll have them do it over and over and over, and they'll get a peak in anxiety, and then it'll start to yeah. come down. But they're doing the same thing over and over and over. Yeah. And this, it was saying, it doesn't have to be, you don't have to write about the same situation for the three or four days in a row. It can be different mm -hmm. ones, and you still get some of these you know, positive outcomes yeah. from it. Okay. 
Well, so I don't have a great understanding of why exactly that would be. Uh-huh. I think there's probably some exposure happening just within the like 15 there's or 20 minutes. There's totally some exposure happening, right? Because like when you do, like yeah. when, when I do like imaginal exposure with people, I'm sure it's the same with you. Mm-hmm. Some things that we're doing exposure to will take 40 minutes. Yeah. And that is one of my thoughts to regarding the 15 minute rule of this. Some things probably take 45 minutes, but mm-hmm. there are some, right? I'm, I'm sure we've had this too, where within 10 minutes it's gone up and it's come down. Mm-hmm. Like it's had the exposure curve, and we're already kind of like, oh, okay, yeah, it's sort of done with that. It's only been a few minutes. Mm-hmm. So that's why I think it doesn't have to be the same repeated yeah. Yeah. situation that you're writing about. Um, yeah, because maybe it ends up being, you know, the, I, I think, like, imagine you do one 10 minute exposure the next day you do some, whatever the current thing you're feeling you do another 10 minute exposure to that the, the third day you do another 10 minute exposure to something um, and assuming these are not massive you know childhood traumas or something you could legitimately have those 10 minute like oh this, this thing's really bothering me this person's really busy I don't want to do this thing and then it comes up and comes down mm-hmm. I could imagine a few days in a row of doing that, your baseline could be lower, right? Because sure. I've certainly had people where we start to do some some exposures and it starts to generalize a little bit. You just get that sense of, I have some control over this, or this is something I, I have practice in facing and tolerating, yeah. and it getting easier, and so it gives mm-hmm. you that increased sense of efficacy and yeah. control. Did you, did you re- so? I think we can agree there's going to be an exposure piece to this, right? Because that's a lot of what we do here, and we have a lot of experience in exposure. Mm-hmm. So, um, written and verbal, and I know the um, when they did research looking at, do you have to write it down, or can you speak it too? And there's no differences. So, a lot of what you do in therapy. Yeah, we see it like therapy's a lot of talk. It's the idea of well, okay, writing it can be the same processes as uh, speaking it. So we're not surprised, right, that there's an exposure component to this and that that part could be effective. Yeah, that, that seems to translate well. Um, did you read about Pennebaker's theories? So this is the guy who, like, started the research on this. His, his theory as to why it was helpful? Well, like, why he thought of moving from, like, your... Right, like amygdala to prefrontal cortex and the idea that you're kind of creating more mental space basically yeah, okay so, so I'm m- maybe that ends up I, I didn't hear hear him talking about the neurological pieces of it I'm just being like yeah okay well, sure Talk about like, just to talk about all of it mm-hmm. so his his theory was called the like I think it was like the inhibition theory or something oh yeah did, did you come across that mm-hmm. so like I kind of, it was, it was. I kind of liked it honestly, because I, I do think this is a piece of it. But it's this idea of if you were suppressing, sure, your emotions and suppressing your stresses and kind of not, not confronting your emotions, not not dealing, basically like not processing stuff, then it basically sits there and kind of builds up. And to me, that makes sense with the like, um, kind of health psychology related things. Of like how how stress, sure, yeah, you know, like chronic stress can you know starts to influence your cortisol levels and 
yeah. to me like and get you kind of HPA access stuff going on um, that makes sense to me that you've got all these emotions you've got all this stress you're not dealing with it you're just suppressing that's going to build up so start to have an impact and with expressive writing that is a, a a doorway to starting to get that stuff out from the shadows sure and up to the light so that process itself I think is useful um, I heard there's like some mixed results on that though That's yeah not, that was the case of what was yeah from, from, from what I read happening. like basically I thought the, the consensus was hard to research hard to prove yeah it seemed like what all, yeah. all of the research you defined was that cognitive processing piece right like yeah taking this and even in some of the research that I saw where it said like um, for people with recent marital separation and um, that it was not always the best to do this mm-hmm. I have so many ideas about this but um, yeah. that was actually really helpful and I'm was um, narrative expressive writing was kind of turning it then into an actual story with a mm-hmm. beginning, an arc, a middle, and an yeah. end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And well. so that, which is basically just like more structured way of the cognitive processing, right? Like that's what you're doing with cognitive processing is giving sort of a, a story or an understanding to a situation. Yes. Okay. So, so I guess my my thought would be this is like the equivalent in like cognitive therapy of. Um, the, you know, the emphasis is all on, like, restructure the thoughts. Like, you know, the, how is it accurate, not accurate, yeah. how do we make sense of that piece of it. And uh, the unheralded cool piece of it is the identifying, mm-hmm. the going and finding and translating it from... Yeah, that detective work. Yeah, detective like... work. Like, to me, his, his theory is, is another way of saying... Go down and find it. Go find it down there. Yeah. You know. So you're getting a little bit of like diffusion or distance from yeah. this trauma because you get to sort of see it as opposed mm-hmm. to just it's this amorphous bad thing. All of a sudden, I get yeah. to like put some structure and awareness and understanding around it and some distance. Get some distance from totally. it. Totally. Totally. And and I will say this on, on a note. It's important for us to kind of keep going with this, but. Um, I know Pennebaker's stuff started off like it was like trauma. Mm-hmm. I I don't think of it as being just a trauma thing. To me, it's like any emotion, right? Like research-wise, you started off with write about the worst thing that's happened to you. Sure. I think over time they started to expand into yeah. just any strong emotional experience. That's why I think it really. Well, he's a, I saw a recent for study for like chronic worry, even. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Out of like. Michigan yeah, State, and so it's it was... right about all the things you're feeling, not and the marital stuff, not necessarily that car accident you had and how it affects the marriage. And so, mm-hmm. um, anyway, that's that's kind of a, a side note, but I I think there is I think you're right with this, like that getting it up, the stuff is all suppressed down there, bringing it up and starting to name it, and like that it externalizes it totally. A bit. And, and like you were saying, that, that, that Hariri study, you know, that, that famous one of if you name the emotion, it moves the blood from your amygdala to your prefrontal cortex. So I think, I think that process of, like, yeah, you're putting it into words. A lot of what we do in therapy, mm-hmm. it's an important piece of it, take it. What is it? Explain it. In order for us to understand it, they got to put it into, into words in English, in my case, to understand what it is that's going on. 
Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and th- that that alone is getting you that that detachment from it, and it's shifting blood from your fear centers to your to your, to your more rational brain. And then we get into that. I think you're right. That second piece of it. Once it's up there, it's in the light. We've named it. Then it's not just naming, right? Because it's not just a. Yeah, I have this bad feeling. The end. There's 15 minutes worth of writing going on. Mm-hmm. I so, get to like make an understanding of it. Yeah. So, so I get it, like the why. How do you think? How do you think that process kind of works? How do I think it works? Yeah. Okay. I don't understand. What do you mean, how does it work? Oh, uh, what I meant is, you started talking about it, and then I interrupted you. So oh. I wanted you to... Oh, I was I, just thinking... I like, wanted you to keep expressing yourself. Oh, I just meant, like, I think we as humans, right, like, want to have a sense of understanding and control. We want to know the why. That really helps us usually, un- like, deal better with the how, if we understand the why. Yeah. And so I think it can give this, like, sense of control or predictability to it if we get like a story from it right like a better understanding of this is what happened this is kind of why it happened this was the outcome of it happening this is what it means yeah this is the meaning making of it and maybe even like here's what here's what going forward might sure here's what I learned from it what I learned from this Mm -hmm. what take away from this helps me to well they were saying like it helps with like schema structure too so my understanding Mm -hmm. of the world then becomes more solidified and so it doesn't feel just like this Thing that's happening to me uh-huh. it's something I can like kind of wrap my brain around a bit and have some explanation for so it doesn't feel so much like I'm out of control and powerless yeah. so that's what I was thinking of why this happens and it made me think then right when we give explanations of how to do imaginal exposure mm-hmm. we try to give some pretty clear-cut direction for it because it can't if without that direction it can just turn into like that spiral of worry, right? Mm-hmm. It can kind of come up with a life of its own and trigger other ideas. And so that's why I was thinking like, oh, for some of these maybe like failures in, that they found with it, it could be that when they're saying like, oh, let's give more directive um, instructions as to how to do it with the like narrative expressive uh-huh. writing where they're saying how to like turn yeah. it into like a story and, and they give mm-hmm. them more direction. It's like it has to have a beginning, a middle, and an end, and an arc and a conclusion, yeah. right? It's kind so of it's like... F- forcing the, yeah. the, the like processing and, and meaning making, right? Yes, as opposed to, oh no, I wrote about this scary thing and I'm going to go off and worry mm-hmm. about it. It kind of keeps it... I always talk about like keeping a fence around it when yeah. I do imaginal exposures mm-hmm. or exposure of any kind. Like, you need to keep it as this bracketed thing. And so I wonder if kind of giving it, turning it more into, like, this narrative that has a beginning, a middle, and an end, if it isn't sort of doing that for people who might tend to, you know, take a whatever, writing about their emotions, and that actually triggers them to worry more about off, it. Go off into yeah, the next go off thing, with the next it. thing. As opposed to just keeping it to, like, oh, I wrote about it there, it's done, uh-huh. you know, I can put that away. That's interesting. So that would make me think about that when I was writing about some of the treatment failures with some uh-huh. of the expressive writing and how they actually found doing this narrative expressive mm-hmm. writing was more helpful. Like, oh, it's just yeah. like if you have somebody who doesn't know what they're doing with some of this imaginal exposure, they can take this really powerful treatment and kind of turn it into a bigger worry or more anxiety. And you know, that, that was honestly one of my takeaways too from uh, from reading about the when it was working and not working and some of the, the meta-analytic studies, because some of the meta-studies, most of them said that it was effective to a certain extent, 
Similarly, not sure if it works with this population, not sure if maybe it's just health outcomes and not psychological outcomes, mm-hmm. maybe it's all of it to a moderate degree, maybe it's nothing, you know, they, they, all, sort of, I mean, they all sort of disagreed. Um, but I did notice general, in, not a ton of studies, but general agreement on the when it was put in the context of a treatment, then it was effective. Mm-hmm. Like when it was like as put, just like go off in journal, right? Yeah, where like the only thing happening was was just that piece. But instead, when it was like put it in the context of like a restructuring or in the context of narrative, like where it was sort of a, a technique within a treatment mm-hmm. rather than a treatment of its own. But of course, that that then gets you into complicated things of how much of it is the writing and how much of it is the rest of the treatment. But um, but I I do think it makes. It makes sense, like that's a it's doing a piece of it, but it's not doing everything. Mm-hmm. You know, so I think adding in those extra like cognitive processes, or doing this within, like you're having a treatment with with somebody, you add this as a piece in. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, helps you delve in and bring up a lot of stuff to work on, and helps you go through some of that exposure and some of that meaning making. Um, have you ever done this? Well, you mean personally? Yeah. I mean, not in such a structured way. Oh. I think at different points in my life, I I did more like journal writing and, mm-hmm. you know, some more like emotion-focused journal writing. Was Is, it, is that different? It, or, or is that the, sort of basically the same thing? Well... Because I do wonder sometimes about, is journal writing the same thing? Is I, this because people tell me, well, I write in a journal, and I'm, I'm never quite sure if it's the same thing. I, well, what I've I've read Pennebaker say it's different. I think okay. he published something that it's more than just journal writing. But I think that is maybe because of, right? Like this gives you some pretty the paradigm gives you pretty specific mm-hmm. instructions as to what you're supposed to do, mm-hmm. and even just personally in journal writing, sometimes I'm not writing about you know super dramatic or very emotionally charged things. Mm-hmm. So. Um, I think it, you know, I think that might okay. be part of it. Yeah. Um, but mm. yes, I think at um, I'm trying to think of because I haven't done a ton of like intense journal writing recently. But I do think at the times in my life when I've needed it more mm-hmm. is when I've used it more. Got you. And you needed it more because there was more emotional yes. charge stuff that needed sure. to come out and mm-hmm. get and get processed. Mm-hmm. And okay. have that like meaning making and sense of yeah. control over, right? Like feel like I'm mm. you're not kind of out hanging in the wind, like that there's yeah. you can make understanding of what's going on in your life and why it's happening and what you can do totally about it. Yeah. So yeah, so that that meaning making piece. Yeah, yeah. And the and you can feel when that needs when that needs to come out and needs to happen, right? You yeah, know, when you I think personally just when I felt more overwhelmed or yeah less in control of my life or had very intense emotions yeah that yeah felt overwhelming or yeah I think that's when I've done it more personally mm. okay how about yourself yes yeah, because I, I um probably over the last few months I've been trying to do it like every day wow yeah so that was kind of interesting coming across this thing where it was like the, the their research paradigm was like three days or four days mm-hmm. um so you're going to be, like, so healthy psychologically well, and physically? Well, I mean, it's funny, right, because I came across from the research of the three days. I'm like, three days? 
<laughs> I mean, I definitely was, it was fine after it felt like I was doing something useful after three days, but I wanted to keep going, you mm-hmm. know, which made me think, you know, again, that, you know, journal writing where it's more of a daily kind of activity. Um, but I think I'm thinking of it in psychological terms. So like it's not me you, writing about my day. It's you writing about like emotionally charged. Yeah, but it's not like I'm going to find something. I basically, I give myself 15 minutes and I sit down and basically ask myself, how am I feeling today? What am I feeling right now? And it just goes where it goes. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's a string of swear words. <laughs> Sometimes it's like something that's, it just, it just goes where it goes. Like mm-hmm. whatever I'm feeling, it could be feeling good. And it's funny, I did come across research that was like doing expressive writing of positive stuff is also associated with all these health benefits. Mm. I think maybe again, not if it's, I don't know whether or not if it's forced, but just, you know, some like uh, studies where they angled it in towards more positive emotional stuff also have good benefits. Mm-hmm. So for me, I'm just like, I'm looking at it as emotional expression. Whatever is there is getting going to get expressed. And totally unfiltered and I do the technique of um, uh, just deleting it as soon as it's done oh really yeah so I keep all my old I have all my old journals yeah okay so I'm doing that because like uh, with, with that that premise of if you know that it's yeah you know that it's going to be deleted or thrown away mm-hmm. then you're more you, likely to less filter, the, yeah. more deep, whatever else is going to really come out because you're not worried about it. Or mm-hmm. it doesn't. Uh, they also had some studies of, around um, if you kept versus threw away um, your. I think it was more based on like kind of worries or fears, mm. and they found that if you like wrote something and threw it away, then you got more detached and diffused from those thoughts, mm. whereas opposite hand if you took it and you folded it up and put it and kept it with you then you felt more attached and connected to those thoughts so that may have a piece of it in mind as well of like it's just getting it's just going out and getting expressed and being done but what I do notice so I do I try to do every day um and I do notice like I will tend to start off with some the emotion will be pretty high by the time I finish Largely, most often, it's pretty positive. <laughs> like what I'm expressing is fairly positive, and I'll start off like thinking some way about it. Like some basically, it, like threat system processing. My threat system will be, you know, as we talked about in the past, it's really skewed. It's it's you catastrophizing, know, catastrophizing, overestimating. So yeah, so all this stuff. It's like it's you know all our different thinking styles. It's off. It's not reasonable. Um, and that'll all come out. And rather than like deliberately trying to correct it, just the process of putting it into words and expressing it and trying to make sure it's all emotionally being conveyed, I just start to automatically go, oh, well, that doesn't really make sense. And I'm kind of forgetting about this piece of it. And I'm like, well, you know, because it's more like this. And it is that. It's sort of a natural cognitive restructuring takes place mm-hmm. and a natural meaning making. 
I've noted in look, reading over my journals historically, like I have, I've written down the words, this sounds ridiculous, yeah. but I yeah, yeah. feel that. Which, which is, again, verbal mm-hmm. expression in therapy, right? Mm-hmm. How often do people tell oh you, gosh, this sounds day. ridiculous, as they're telling you the stuff that is going mm-hmm. through their emotional brain systems? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I have just liked it. I think I really like to keep it for um, when I'm having a hard time again, mm-hmm. seeing that, like, oh, I dealt with this before and it got better. I oh, think that's, that's interesting. Piece of it. Yeah. Uh-huh. Do you go back and look at the old ones? Uh, occasionally. Especially if I'm having a tough time again. Yeah. I'll read back through other times when I was having a hard like, time. Oh, and yeah. Like, oh, and yeah. I was fine. I felt the same way or I felt yeah. similar and it got a ton easier. So I think in that piece... Because I think it's yeah. that, right, like that your emotions don't believe in each other. And yeah. so it's like, oh, I never felt this way before. Mm-hmm. This has never been so hard yeah, before. this one's different. This one is unique and this worst ever and all of those. And so to read yeah. back and be like, oh, no, I felt this exact same way mm-hmm. before. And it changed. And this wasn't unique because I had totally forgotten that that's what it was like. That's, that's interesting. And so that piece of it I always find mm. Okay. Yeah. I tend to... Uh, I do notice it tends to shift from day to day. It's not the same. It's not the same thing. And sometimes it will be like real deep, like emotional, like, you know, family things or something. And at the time I'm like, oh, well, this has come up. This is going to be what's going to dominate. And then like, the next day it's like, yeah, it seems fine. <laughs> it seems not really an issue. And I'm off to something else. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do notice um, it feels like it feels like working out. Mm, yeah. Meaning, like, it's hard in the moment. Yeah, like, and draining. And and the decision to do it, I I never want to do it. Mm-hmm. I the, unlike the way it kind of kind of sound a little bit for you, for me, I, it feels like hard work, like heavy lifting. Whenever the idea comes up, mm. I'll be like, oh man, can I just like meditate instead, or just <laughs> do something. Uh, to really, uh, it's for me personally, it's hard work to go open mm. up and get all that stuff up. Um, but it's true in going through therapy as well. Yeah. Like, like going to therapy, it just feels like, like oh. Really? Do I, I have to. But just, but just like with therapy, the end of it, yeah. I feel so much better and I'm so glad I did it. Yeah. But having had that nice, like leaving with that nice experience, like stopping with that nice experience. Is not enough to make me want to do it next week, you know? Yeah. Or in this case, next day. I don't want to do it again. Um, yeah, but but it feels, but I have noticed too that that meaning making process happens. And honestly, as I've been doing it over the course of, like, daily over the course of the last few months, my, like, insight mm. has, like, drastically in- increased. It's great. So, yeah. Which is why, this is why I wanted to do this research and I wanted us to talk about this. Well, I wanted to read because there are some pretty specific instructions given for the yeah, paradigm. Yeah, yeah. I wanted to read, this was from, uh, this was one of the metacognitive studies, or uh, excuse me, meta-analytic studies. Mm-hmm. So this is um, typical writing instructions. For the next four days, I would like you to write for your your very deepest thoughts and feelings about the most traumatic experience of your entire life or an extremely important emotional issue that has affected you in your life. In your writing, I'd like you to really let go and explore your deepest emotions and thoughts. You might tie your topic to your relationships with others, including parents, lovers, friends, or relatives. 
to your past, your present, or your future, or to who you have been, who you would like to be, or who you are now. You may write about the same general issues or experiences on all days of the writing or about different topics each day. All of your writing will be completely confidential for research purposes. Um, don't worry about spelling, grammar, or sentence structure. The only rule is that once you begin writing, you continue until the time is up. And it says three to five sessions or 15 to 20 minutes per session. I mean, these are mostly okay. done in the laboratory. But just to have, I think yeah. that piece of, because I have had clients be like, oh, I'm going to write about like the sequence in which it happened. I'm like, that's fine. What's most important, though, is like the emotional piece The emotional piece, piece of right. It. It's not just a description. Yeah, it's like, exactly. what are you feeling? Mm-hmm. You know? um, so I think that's helpful to have that. And then, mm-hmm. oh, some of the longer-term benefits uh-huh. in some of the health outcomes, fewer stress-related visits to the doctor, improved immune system functioning, reduced blood pressure, improved lung function, improved liver function, fewer days in the hospital, improved mood and affect, feeling of greater psychological well-being, reduced depressive symptoms, before exam, oh, before exams, fewer post-traumatic intrusions and avoidance symptoms. Some of the social and behavioral outcomes are reduced absenteeism from work, quicker reemployment after job loss, improved working memory, improved sporting performance, higher students' grade point average, altered social and linguistic behavior. Mm-hmm. Um, so, it's kind of cool. Which is crazy, right? I was reading one research article that was about. The vagus nerve, basically, right, turning on your parasympathetic or your calming Uh response. That that was why they thought this improved so much of like the medical pieces of it. Uh Was because it was turning on. um, It was turning the parasympathetic. Yes, it was turning on your parasympathetic nervous system. Uh huh. um, In doing this, and so it wasn't that you were in this chronically, right, like Mm -hmm. amped up state so much. Yeah, and and I think that that would explain to the. I don't know if that article gets into it, but the 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 non-medically explained like physical problems, mm-hmm. you know, the the idea that this if like this expressive writing seems to help that a lot. Yeah. And I think it's probably through that through that mechanism, right? Because I've come across that in, in a lot of that the you know expressive writing is written about a lot for like pain and yes, you know, which like yeah doesn't make kind of stuff. tons of. So, yeah, why would it improve, like, asthma function, right? Like, right, yeah. But if you, right, like... Yeah, asthma, that's right. Part of asthma, right, is, like, difficulty breathing when you're breathing too heavy and too big, right? Like, yeah. it can And it also affects... It doesn't, doesn't it affect eczema? Haven't they found, like... Oh, really? Does, like, some sort of skin, like, like eczema well, or psoriasis eczema or something, right? Well, eczema is increased stress, so... Yeah, so doesn't. any kind of stress-related, mm-hmm. like, physiology, to how that would help. Yeah, which is so crazy, right? Like it, it is. brain-body connection is. stuff. So one thing we, one study we probably should talk about is that um, that famous test anxiety study. Do you remember this one? No. So they have this study where there were this, this, this very cool, effective um, uh, test anxiety study where they had people, before taking a test, just write for, like, 10 to 15 minutes on all their worries about the test and then go take the test and what they found is it erased the negative impact of oh, test sure. anxiety so that the test anxiety folks scores were just the same as everybody else's and their theory was um, that and I think this is one of the ways of looking at it I think it's probably all of these mixed together but they said that getting it all out through expressive writing 
was getting all those worries out of working memory. Yeah, and this then is you the have same working the, memory left. Yeah, this yeah. is the same as like the chronic worry study that was just published in like September, like a very similar. Oh, okay. Thing. So, so, same. Yeah, so it's, it's it's kind of working memory model, right? Mm-hmm. If it's in there, it's occupying all the kind of mental space, and really, it's like attention, right? Mm-hmm. Your attention yeah. is wrapped up in that instead of engaged in the task at hand. Yes. So doing some expressive writing allows you to dedicate attention to it, so it gets to get out and get processed and free, and then you're more easily able to focus. Yeah. Which, yeah. Which is so cool. It is cool, right? Yeah. It's nice. And I want to talk about that study too, just because in going through this, they're not emphasizing anxiety with this. No. Like people are not studying the impact on anxiety from what I can tell. There's, there was some. There's some. Some, mm-hmm. but where it was more like um, one of the many symptoms that we're going to yeah. look at. Well, I think that was a, right, this, yeah that recent one was was on like chronic worries like GAD yeah I, I have seen it uh, as a way of reducing rumination mm-hmm. I saw studies on it it, it reduces uh, the r- you, rumination again, process right? which is rumination the worry the same thing yeah like facing the fear right yes like, yeah. that's kind of what you're you're doing if you're mm-hmm. so, you're not just writing about like the test I'm taking but you're writing about yeah. all the feelings about it or you're not just writing about like the worries I have but like the yeah. intense emotional feelings about it you're you're facing it which is what I so often will get like in session people be like oh I get really anxious when I'm coming to see you why is my anxiety higher when I'm here to see somebody who's supposed to help my anxiety I'm like well because we're we're facing it right like it's not like we're talking yeah. about other things we're poking it can't I just meditate right? <laughs> yeah. yeah and it's that like I'm facing this bully that I get to actually mm-hmm. experience, oh, this is what it feels like, this is what the, I actually get to see what the worst case scenario is, what that catastrophe I'm so afraid of is, I get mm-hmm. to face it as opposed to run from it, and I get to have that distress tolerance, I get to see that this isn't as bad as I thought it was going to be, yeah. or if it was bad, I can understand how I would cope with it, and yeah. all of the stuff, kind of basically like doing CBT in quick mm-hmm. 15 minute writing session. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, how would you, um, and you may have kind of already answered this, but if you were to use this, kind of how would you, how would you use it um, clinically, like certain, I mean sort of like what, what type of problems and people and situations might you encourage this or try to use it as a technique? Sure. Um, I mean, I think I've always encouraged at least journaling um and I've definitely done a lot of the like gratitude journaling more mm-hmm. for people who struggle with like some of the depression piece yeah. and that mental filtering um but I think that's a different process possibly happening here but I've used it more recently with like people with histories of trauma even if it isn't like a you know what you would classify necessarily as like a PTSD mm-hmm. kind of clinically jargon call like a capital T trauma yeah some of the smaller traumas mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. they're still kind of lurking in there and struggling with yeah, in some making way. an impact right mm-hmm. yeah so how often assign that for homework of like yeah. okay here's a way like we can really kind of flush this out a bit mm-hmm do you give them that that sort of specific of a th- yeah I do cool okay I, I, for homework, I like to give pretty structured homework because 
I'm not there, right, to like yeah, to make sure they're doing it correctly. To keep fencing and, it in. Yeah. Yeah, that, yeah that's true. So I, I like to give pretty, yeah, I'm pretty specific on homework that I assign mm-hmm. because, right, like they don't have the same history, clinical history and training that I do to know like how to quote unquote do it correctly. Sure, yeah. So the more specific instruction I can give them, the more likely they are okay. to. Okay. Do it cool. kind of correctly, so that's how I gotcha. have done it. Sure. Okay. Help I guess my, yourself. my, I mean, I think my thinking about it since I'm, I'm not coming from like, like I know this, this all came out of a theory about traumas. Mm-hmm. So a lot of it is trauma focused, but I, I'm looking at it as a emotion process as emotion processing. Mm-hmm. You know, so um, I encourage uh, people to do it where. Especially, really, when there's a lot of emotion going on, because like this, you know, stuff yeah. stuff goes on in everyone's lives. So, um, if there's like grief going on, or like, just basically a lot of like, oh sure, where there's a lot of emotion stuff, emotion, yeah, and they can't be they can't be coming in every day mm-hmm. to work through it. Then here's ways of working. Of working and do you assign it. it as like a three or four day assignment, or do you just say no, no, no? I I, I sign it. I mean, like I do, like every day. No one's going to be outside of me. No one's going to do it every day. <laughs> you but are very good there, at like there are a few who, who are more doing diligent, it. you know. Um, but especially when the emotion's high, you know, people, people are more likely to, to do it, and they're uniformly fine when they do it. Either they sort things out in a way they hadn't sorted out before, or they get that that curve and the sort of calm afterwards, and it feels like it's been worked through. Mm-hmm. Um, I also like it for people who um, don't like have a harder time um, one getting in touch with emotions to begin with since a lot of this research said it was most effective for men <laughs> yeah, yeah we, we don't want to be gender biased here but the research did, did show up and I think this is probably for some of these reasons where men are less encouraged to talk about emotions mm-hmm. and therefore they're actually less in touch with them as well mm-hmm. um so yeah, so people who are not, who are not as um, in touch with their emotions, it, I encourage this as a way of a very safe way of finding them. Mm-hmm. You know, especially yeah, if you're deleting it or shredding it. Oh, that's exactly. the other thing that it can be yeah. on the computer or written on paper. Yeah, I, I post into it out loud. Oh, okay. You know, I used to do it out loud into my uh, voice dictating phone thing until I discovered that Google saves a copy <gasps> of anything you'd say into your microphone. Oh no! And I'm like, oh, I don't want my deepest emotional experiences recorded by Google and Darn you Google. kept somewhere. So. Big brother. So I now just I just do it out loud without recording anything. Um, That's interesting. Yeah. That's like a one-sided therapy. Kind of, yeah. So, so I, I also um, think it's really useful for people who um, either don't have a, like a social network mm. of people that they can easily talk to and who are, who are there to, where they can express and get some some support that, that's, I think that's a wonderful way to if you can verbally do it and have people be, be accepting that's great but for people who don't have that it's a way of still getting it out um, or for people who might have social networks but uh, have a lot of anxiety about burdening their their you know friends or loved ones or don't want to you have, have a harder time like opening up in that way and I found like when people do it 
uniformly pretty good results. Yeah, for sure. Pretty similar to the ones that I have. So, yeah. here's our clinical recommendation. Take your probiotics and go do some exercise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I will say, let's look at it as a piece of the puzzle. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a piece that fits within, within, within the larger treatment process. I think the fact that like some of the meta-analyses said this is very effective for healthy people was kind of in some ways pointing to that. Did, did, did you come across that? Yeah, but I saw some too, right, like that were, but maybe the people who were not as healthy, who are more psychologically impaired, were also getting treatment. Yeah, that's, that, that's my thought is this would not be, a, uh, I wouldn't look at it as a standalone treatment for a disorder, but I'd look at it as a nice piece Right and and cheap and it's fairly cheap. It's mm-hmm. cheap. Yeah, it's not very time consuming. It's mm-hmm. yeah, it's not it's not too uh, it's not private, too difficult, right? confidential. Yeah, yeah, a lot of upsides to it. Mm-hmm. I uh, remember seeing one one thing somewhere where it said the effect size is like moderate. But if it was in like medical yeah. stuff, I'd be like, "This would be humongous right? if this a yeah. pill gave you this kind of effect." If, if a pill gave you that that, that effect. <laughs> it's all I want to be talking about. <laughs> yeah, but because it's free, no one can make money off it. That's yeah. except for Jamie Pennebaker. <laughs> yeah, his <Yeah, there's> limos. <laughs> um. Well, thanks for listening. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for listening. Send 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 us emails with, with other things you want us to sort of yeah, explore or talk about. Burning or questions, any that questions that you have. Um, we, yeah, appreciate yeah, your yeah, comments t- and thoughts. Thomas at anxietyaustin.com. And, yeah, Marianne at anxietyaustin.com, I'm pretty sure. Yes. <laughs> we will see you next time. Okay, bye-bye.